to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you are richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Now, here's Pastor Josh Vietti. Good morning. How you guys doing? Thank you, Steve. Let's give Steve a hand. Thank you. Thank you. I could do that myself if I didn't have my hands full. I feel bad. I don't like to be served. It's weird. It's a problem. So, uh, where am I going to start? I, when I put a sermon together, it's usually, it's usually about right as far as the content goes. Um, but this time, I put a sermon together, and there was way too much. And so, there's no way I'm going to get through all of it today. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a part one today. And then I'm going to do a part two at the end of the month, okay? So you're going to forget. You're going to forget all about it, and that's okay. It happens. I'm going to probably forget about it until that week and then be super stoked that I have my sermon written already. So um, so that's going to happen uh, October 29th. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, I, I like it this way better because then I can take my time. Um, because sometimes I rush through and I miss stuff that's really good. Like, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm really good at making notes. Really good at making notes. Not always so good at speaking those notes to you. So I'm going to try to take my time today and get through everything that we need to get through. I'm also tired. Anybody tired? Anybody? Yeah, it's that time of the year, right? It's like school starts and with school, everything else happens, right? I'm stoked because of the weather, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Please, heat, do not come back in Jesus' name. Um, right? The full moon last night, I was like, this is, it's fall, you know? It's getting spooky out there. My buddy said uh, that he was at Costco the other day, and he was walking by the new Halloween decorations, and there was like a large grim reaper. And he said there was an old lady standing next to it, and she was rebuking uh, demons <laughs> from, the, from the grim reaper there in Costco. So, look, it's getting weird out there. This is what happens in October, right? And uh, it's, it's actually fitting for today's talk. It's called Ghost Stories. Not because I'm going to tell you a bunch of ghost stories, which I could, by the way. Uh, by the way, so I was thinking about this the other day when I was writing this down. Um, I was thinking about when I was a kid, like my dad. So my childhood was a little bit different than probably yours, okay? So at night, my dad would come in, and he would pray for me, and he would cast out all the demons. He's like, Satan demons be gone from this room, from this place, from this, this, you know, everything. And then he would leave, and I'd sit there in the dark and think, there were demons in my room? <laughs> what? What are you talking about, right? So... I got lots of ghost stories I could tell you, but today it's not, it's not called ghost stories because I'm going to talk about that. It's called ghost stories because we're going to talk about fear and um, kind of, uh, and I've talked about fear before a few times, but we're going to take the mystery out of it and we're going to take the, um, 
the practicality, put practicality kind of into it because I believe that, that the, the Bible is full of practical wisdom. Um, practical uh, being that, you know, God is real. Like that's very practical to me. So if I believe God is real, then I'm going to believe the things that the Bible talks about, right? So, um, so today we're going to look at scripture, but not as much as I want to because, you know, part two is going to be at the end of the month. So sound good? All right, so let's get into it. And uh, let's pray this. Father, Lord, you know I'm tired today, and I know that there's other people that are tired today. But Lord, I pray, God, where that gap is from where we are right now to where we need to be, Lord, I pray that you'd fill that gap. I pray that your presence would fill that gap. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill that gap. Lord, we, we, we lay down our thoughts to you today. We lay down our heart, our mind, the things that could distract us, the worries, Lord, literally our fears. We lay those down to you so that we can learn, so we can hear what you have to say to us. That's what's most important. So I pray that we would all listen to you today, God, and that we would hear you, and that we would not only hear you, but we would put those words to action and make a plan and, and, and really get closer to you because of it. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start with talking about um, underlying issues uh, that fear causes, okay? Um, these underlying issues... Uh, it could be anxiety or depression. Uh, as far as anxiety and depression goes, I understand. I, I like literally understand the diagnosis side of it. And some of you guys are literally diagnosed with depression or anxiety or both because they're kind of like brother and sister. So if you are diagnosed, that's a little bit different than like the average person feeling depressed or feeling anxious, which I think kind of affects a lot of us, right? And I, 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 th I don't think it'd be too far to, to, to say that like, there's an epidemic of, of anxiety and depression today, right? We're feeling it more than ever. And I think that it's cultural. I think that it is uh, also something that's happening in a spiritual way, but, but there's something going on that's affecting our minds. It could be social media. It could be the news. It could be the people that we are around, right? It could be... Um, it could be lots of things, um, and, I, and I don't know uh, what the source of your anxiety or depression, if you're, if you're dealing with that, what that is, but I do believe that the underbelly of it is fear, right? Uh, another underlying issue that, that fear is kind of the basis of is like phobias or worries, which is different than anxiety. Anxiety is kind of like a dread or like a worry that you don't even know where it's coming from. Worries and phobias, you know exactly where it's coming from. You are worried about some specific thing, right? And it's, and it's irrational to be worried about that specific thing, right? It's rational to be worried about some things to an extent, but there are some things where, you know what I'm talking about? There's people that just worry all the time. You talk to them and they're just overly concerned about something. And then you talk to them again in two weeks and it's something else that they're overly, or maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. But some of you guys are worried about things too much, right? And the basis of that is fear. Another thing, uh, and this one's kind of this one's kind of out there, but but listen to this one. Uh, uh, another underlying issue is overly busy, being overly busy. So so I, I see this as like trying to stay ahead of it, right? Because if we stay super busy, we don't have to actually think about our worries and fears. We don't have to actually think about our anxieties, right? We don't have to actually think about what's really going on. 
And I think that that's something that happens in our community a lot. We have a very hardworking community, but we also have a very busy. It's funny, I, um, I, Bakersfield is on a lot of number one lists, um, which are terrible, like drunk driving and stuff. But um, we're also uh, on the number one list for caffeine, or we were, right, intake. And I was thinking, like, Bakersfield is a really fast moving culture. It really is, this culture. And if you're not from Bakersfield, you're listening to this from somewhere else, um, I, I apologize, but, but, but it's a very fast moving culture. And I, but I think this can affect anybody, right? Of like getting caught up in doing stuff from sun up to sundown so that you don't have to think about what you need to think about, right? How many of you guys would be honest and say, you don't have to raise your hand, but just to yourself, would be honest and say, my biggest fear is to sit in a room alone by myself and have to be there with my thoughts, right? This is why sleeping pills exist, right? Because once we lay down, the lights are off, start, our wheels start spinning, right? But the worst, one of the worst, worst, worst underlying issues, okay, the worst, in my opinion, is the underlying disease. It's a cancer, okay? It's a cancer that some of you guys have, you don't even realize it. This cancer is indifference. Indifference. That is the worst place that you can be is when you just don't care. When you just don't care anymore. Whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen. I don't have anything to do with it. I don't care. Whatever happens, happens, right? This is like, this is a bad situation. People that are suicidal are indifferent, right? Or maybe they are passionate about something, angry or something, but they can also be very indifferent. It's a bad place to be. I've been there. It's dark. It's not good. It's not fun, right? So there are lots of reasons why we need to talk about fear today. Now, for you guys, I don't specifically know what is bothering you today. It could be situational, and it might be completely normal. Okay, so that's what we need to understand is, is, is my fear, is my anxiety, is it warranted? Is it normal? At my office, I have a little buddy uh, right outside the door, and he's a little black widow, and he just stays there. And, and, and I, I leave him alone. I leave him alone. He's on the outside. I'm like, he's going to eat mosquitoes or whatever. Like, I leave him alone, right? What I don't do is I don't play with him. I don't stick my finger in his face, Right? Because I know what he can do to me. That, that's, see, that's a normal anxiety, a normal fear, right? Uh, we don't speed, uh, hopefully, too, too, too much, right? Uh, because we know that it can be dangerous. We don't talk on our phones, hopefully, while we're, while we're driving. Please don't, talk in your, or please, please don't text, okay? Talking on your phone is one thing. You got the, the whole setup, whatever. Don't text and drive. Please, 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 please don't do that. So many people. Could you imagine what it would be like? This is terrible. But to think, like, if you hit somebody and you were texting, like, was it that important? You know, there's just, I know there's just commercials and stuff, but it's just terrible, terrible. Um, so fear can be normal, and it can actually be good, right? So fear is sometimes exciting. It's motivating. It's fun, right? Um, how many of you guys are, like, huge fans of scary movies? Scary movie fans? A few of you guys? How many of you guys are way too spiritual and godly for that? All right, I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, 
but we, we get excited this time of year, you know, we, we, uh, it, it's kind of fun to last night looking at the full moon. I'm like, it's spooky out here. Yeah, this is fun. Um, my buddy and I, we went hunting the other day and, um, and before you get upset with us, we didn't kill anything. I, hunting to me is walking around in the woods with a gun. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. It's all it's ever been. <laughs> the animals are completely safe. I promise you. Um, so my buddy and I, we were, we were out doing this, and, uh, and he, wanted to, uh, he wanted to camp. And I'm like, okay, but there's a perfectly good truck I could sleep in right here. And he's like, no, we need to go out and backpack. We ended up backpacking. Uh, backpacking. We ended up sleeping 500 yards off the road. Um, I don't know why. But we, we, we slept in this tent, and it was dark, and it was spooky. And we were talking about, you know, we were telling ghost stories and telling little fun stories because his teenage 16-year-old son was with us. And it was just fun. You know, uh, good time. So, so fear can be fun as well. Uh, fear can be very useful, like the Black Widow idea. Um, it can be helpful in uh, avoiding pain. Like avoidable pain is the best kind of pain, right? If you can avoid it. Uh, it can be helpful in avoiding death, right? So, so fear has a place in our lives. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I can't, and the reason I feel like I need to talk about this is because I grew up in the 90s, all right? And we had, this, uh, we had these t-shirts. And on the t-shirts, it said, no fear. Dumbest saying ever, right? No fear, none at all. Well, you need some fear, right? So that's, I want to lay that down because I don't want you to feel like you need to fight all the fears. Because I, what I want you to do is I want, to, I want you to check the fears. I want you to acknowledge what they are and then ask yourself, is there a real threat that's connected to this? And is there something, and another question is, is there something I can do about it? Because if there's something you can do about it, like not touch the black widow, right? If there's something you can do about it, then do that or avoid that or whatever it is. Do something about it. Now, if the, if the answer to the question is there's nothing I can do about that, absolutely nothing I can do about that right now other than pray and I'm going to give you guys some tools here, but there's nothing you can physically do, then, then don't worry about it. Give it to God. Okay, give it to God and don't worry about it because that... That problem is reserved for tomorrow or the next day. It's not the timing yet. And I think we spend so much energy on things that we can do nothing about. And that's why we're exhausted. So make sure that we focus on what we can and focus on what we should focus on. Now, we're going to start um, scripturally. We're going to start in 1 Peter 5. 6 through 7, or 6 through 10, actually. Let's read that together. Go ahead and pop that up. Sandy, I got my Bible. I can do that too. Okay. First um, Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? If you have an anxiety, you cast it on him. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, okay, who's real, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So it says, resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of grace, of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, right? So God will, will come through on his part, but your part is to resist. 
Resist. Resist. Now, I told you a moment ago that, uh, that we went hunting and we, back, and we backpacked, right? We camped. And we slept in tents. And it was dark. And we, we, did, we really did hear noises at night. We really were hearing some noises. And it, it were, they were critters, I'm sure. Um, I don't know how large or how small. But the next morning, I'm like 90% sure I saw a mountain lion. So then we like hiked to the top of the mountain and there was like a cave. So I'm pretty sure we were hanging out like where this mountain lion was hanging out, right? And uh, I've seen two mountain lions in, uh, in the woods before, one just flying across on this mountain, another one just walking like he didn't care, right? Lions are spooky. They're scary if you've ever seen them in real life. How many of you guys have seen them at Calm, at Calm Zoo or any other zoo? You see the lions, right? The ones at Calm make me way more nervous than like the African lions at a bigger zoo. Let me tell you why. Because those dudes look hungry, man. They look like they're not, they're not fed well. And they just stare at you like, I could, you, you would work for me, buddy. You got a little around the belly. It looks good to me. You can't run fast. I got you, right? So lions are, are, are creepy. They're scary, right? But they're also, at the same time, they're rarely seen. And attacks are rare, right? Um, they, don't, they don't just go after you for no reason. Um, but if they do, they come from behind. Just FYI, okay? <laughs> FYI. <laughs> but what's interesting about this scripture is I don't think Peter was thinking of lions walking around outside in the woods. I think he was thinking about a lion that's in captivity and the only real threat was fear. It was a roar. It was a sound. It was noise. And I think so many times we get caught up with the noise of fear. We get caught up with the sound. We get caught up with the thing that's not even really a threat. And so Peter writes that our response to this roar is to resist. And resisting is not always comfortable, right? It's not always the easiest or the most natural thing to do. The natural thing to do is to run, to flee, to get out of there. Um, it's not to resist. And so when I think about resisting, I think about really trusting on God and standing firm in my faith. And that's kind of the basis. Yeah, exactly. Originally, um, I, I was going to talk about like fear and just I, the thought I had was like trust Jesus, right? Just trust Jesus. But that's also kind of like a uh, like a physical trainer or like a like a ex, like a fitness trainer telling you just to work out and then walking away, right? So like, yes, God is at the basis. Yes, trust Jesus. But I'm going to give you guys some practical ways to do that. Okay. So look at, it all starts with this, okay? Look at Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. This is the most important. This is the basis of really understanding how to resist, really understanding how to beat the unhealthy fears in your life, okay? And this is, this is huge. I want you to not only hear this, I want you to digest it. I want this to become part of you, okay? This is very important. Proverbs 1, 1, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and to and instruction, to understand words of insight. This is the reason for the next thing that I'm going to tell you. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, Right? 
So in order to have true understanding, in, tr- in order to really get how things work, right, this is what we need to do. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the base. Let me tell you guys something. I didn't even know I had fears that I had until I started to understand the fear of the Lord. Because when you understand the fear of the Lord, you understand the power dynamics in your life. You understand what you had given your life over to as far as the power goes versus what you could give your life to in the power dynamics. So when, when you think of it this way, think of the spider analogy. I think this is a good analogy. The little black widow, my buddy, at the, we'll call him Freddie, okay? My little Freddie, the black widow. Think about that little guy. And yes, he's got power, right? But he never leaves his web, right? He's, he's not really that powerful. He's, he's, he's actually so not powerful that I don't mess with him. I leave him there, right? So think about little Freddy, the, the spider. And then think about God Almighty, okay? There's a difference in size. There's a difference in power. There's a difference in protection, right, of who God is compared to this little, little tiny spider. Now, this spider could represent any type of fear in our lives because that's how small those fears are compared to the mighty hand of God, right? So understanding the power dynamics and understanding who God is and that he's for you and that he loves you and he's going to take care of you, understanding that right there, right there will free you. That will free you of all the fears, That will free you of all the little anxieties if you just live on that one thing alone. So that's the base, the fear of God. If you don't get that, you're not going to get the rest of what I'm talking about, okay? Yeah, all right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. That was just left field. That was great. Um, (laughs) No, seriously, I do appreciate it. That was fun. Um, so, So the next part of what I'm talking about is there's, there's five replacements for unhealthy fear. Now, with the title slide, originally, I actually had the title as Relinquishing Unhealthy Fears. But really, you can't just make it go away. You have to replace them with something else, right? That's how change works. That's how behavior change works. Uh, psychologists have just figured this out. The Bible has been teaching it for centuries, right? So, so, so this idea of, of taking something away means that you have to over, you have to place over, uh, you have to place it over with something else. Does that make sense? So we're going to replace fear with these, with these five things. I'm going to give you the five things, but I'm only going to be able to cover two of those things because of time today. We're already almost out of time. Um, so five things. One is presence. One is presence. And the scriptures on that is Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, and Psalm 23. Number two is prayer, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Number three is reliance on God. Number four is faith, okay? And number five is power. Now, I think that these kind of go in order as well. The first thing is presence, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I'm going to go till about 10.05. Is that okay? You guys good? Anybody have a hot date? All right. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. But do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh. It'll be refreshment to your bones. 
Acknowledgement. It all begins with acknowledgement. Understanding, like the fear of God, like understanding who he is. Understanding who he is in your life. And understanding who he is compared to all the little things that we worry about, right? Acknowledge the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's where it starts. I want to read you guys a psalm, one of my favorite psalms in the world, and it's overused, but we're going we're gonna to read this in a different way, with a different lens. Psalm 23. It says this. This is a, a psalm of David who wrote this with, uh, with, uh, with a season in mind where he was on the run not knowing if he was going to be who God said he was going to be. Okay, God said he was going to be king, but he was running from the king, and he was in the desert, and he was by himself. Maybe he had a few ragtag individuals with him, right? But he was not the king. He was in a low position when he wrote this. And he wrote this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. God, Jehovah, the, the God of everything, right? He is my shepherd, He takes care of me. And this is coming from a guy who was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. He understood what it took. He he killed lions. He killed bears. He protected his sheep. So David is writing this, understanding that that's what God does for him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes you rest. He makes us rest. How do you think he makes us rest? By causing, allowing, not causing, allowing problems to persist, right? To the point where you say, I got to take a break. Right? He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So this first, this first half of this, of this um, psalm is talking about who God is and what God does. A first acknowledging who God is and what God does. It started with that. It didn't start with his problems. It didn't start with his issues. It didn't start with his anxieties. It didn't start with his fears. It didn't start with whatever it was that he was concerned about. It started with the majesty and the hugeness of God, okay, and who God was to him personally, right? So it starts with that. And then in the middle of this psalm, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, even though death is close by and I realize it's close by, I fear nothing. Because he started with God, right? He fears nothing. It says, next best verse, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it says, thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? He prepares a table for him in the presence of enemies, enemies who want to kill him, who want to hurt him, who want to defame him, right? God takes care of him and shows them that he's taking care of him, right? And then it says, thou hast anointed my head with oil. That was something that really happened to David. He was anointed. Right by Samuel, his oil was poured on his head. He said, "You're going to be king." So it says, "Thou hast anointed my head with oil." He was acknowledging the fact that God had called him to something bigger, and he was acknowledging this fact when the circumstances didn't match the calling. How many of you guys have ever been there? Like, or how many of you guys are there right now? The circumstances don't—they don't match the calling. You're like, "I know I'm called to something bigger. I know I'm called to something better." Some of you guys forgot. You forgot. And I'm reminding you right now 
that you're called to something bigger. And you forgot, you stopped believing. But David, even in his worst, he did not stop believing. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. God has called me. My cup does overflow, right? It says, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there's one more thing in this scripture, and, and I think, man, we might only be able to get through this one. That's all right. We got time. Um, what I want you to see in the scripture is something I've never actually seen before, because I, like, I detailed it out, did all the Greek words, all the stuff. And then I saw something that was right in front of my face. At the very beginning, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And that word for pastures means dwelling place or habitat. It's like home, right? It's like where you're supposed to be. And at the very end, it says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That word house means home. It's the same type of, not the exact same word, but it's the same idea. And so as I look at this scripture and I think about all the calamity and all the anxiety and fear that surrounds it, I'm seeing somebody who's writing a beautiful poem and they're saying, I never left home. I never left home. Think of the idea of what home means to you or what it should mean to you, right? Is it a safe place? Is it a place that's your own? Is it a place that you feel protected from the outside world? I hope, maybe not in this day and age, but it should be, right? And that's what David was saying. He's like, wherever I am, wherever I go, if I'm in this canyon that is deep and dark and scary, or if I'm on the throne, I'm home because God is with me wherever I go, right? And that's what David was saying. That's what he was preaching, right? That's, this is a sermon. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The second thing is prayer, and we will get through this quickly because I'm just going to read you guys a note. Now, I read this at Man Cave two weeks ago. I apologize for you men that were there, uh, but you can hear it again, and I'm going to read it for the rest of you guys. This is a real note, and this is talking about prayer. The, that's the context of it. But this is a real note that I wrote to myself uh, a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now, and it's called Anxiety. I wrote this. It's Wednesday, the middle of the week, and I am experiencing anxiety. I went to bed lost last, or last night, sorry. I went to bed last night anxious and thought maybe it will be better in the morning. Maybe I'll dream a wonderful dream and all will be well, but I woke up this morning and I'm still anxious. So I prayed. Well, not at first. Uh, the first thing I did was I spent a little time feeling sorry for myself, right? And after that became boring, I watched an episode of Osaka, which was terrible. Then I read a little bit of today's devotion in Ephesians, which honestly made me feel worse. So then I prayed, an under-the-breath, ineligible prayer. Like the kind where you're like, God, just help me, thank you. Then on to Netflix, knowing full well I should be working at this point, I fixed breakfast. After breakfast, I went back to Netflix, and after watching 30 minutes of the uplifting documentary about sexual abuse in the Boy Scouts, I, realized, I then realized things are not going to get better until I get my butt off the couch and do something, right? So... I prayed again, but this time it was real. I got real with God, telling him how I felt and my best guess at why. Then I sat there in silence and I listened. 
I felt the spirit tell uh, uh, I felt the spirit tell me to ask specifically what I need based on Philippians 4 6 through 7. Put that verse up real quick. Philippians 4 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the result of that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right? So I won't read the rest of this note, but I'll just tell you what happened. I prayed, and I really prayed. And I told God what was on my mind, because it's not like he didn't already know. I laid it out. I said, this is bothering me. And, I, and, I, and then I sat there, and I listened. And you know what happened? Peace happened. He didn't take all my worries and fears fully away. But he gave me peace in the midst of an acknowledgement of something that could be real, that I need to take care of. And he also showed me the farce, right, of the things that are not real. And he gave me peace. You see, God didn't show up in my dreams. He didn't show up on Netflix, right? He showed up when I showed up. And, and, and that's how it works. So the first thing is presence, acknowledging his presence and understanding. The second thing is prayer. The third, fourth, and fifth we'll have to do at the end of the month. It's going to be a long time, but that's okay. This is the month that we are going to defeat unhealthy fear. Right? Let's pray this. Father, I pray that you would bless this church. I pray that you'd bless every person that's involved. I pray that you'd bless, and when I say involved, they're here today, they're listening, they're involved. They're, they, they walked into something. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the grace and the mercy and the help and the guidance and the reliance and the humility and everything else it takes to become your kids again, to realize that we are your heirs. Lord, we don't deserve to be here, none of us. I'm, the, I'm at the top of that list of the do not deserve to be here list. Now, you know this, God. But we are here because of your grace. We are here because of your mercy. And Lord, I pray right now, God, that you take our hearts and take our minds and revive us and give us a deep, deep courage and give us a very deep fear, a fear of you that leads to less unhealthy fears of the things that don't even exist or the things that don't even matter to that. God, we need you. We need you today. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.